right, man. We are live. Welcome to the Back Row Redskins Show. This is the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. Um, so how this thing goes is we're going to have people who might come on, chime in. We're going to, you know, get to their questions. We're, we're going to get to their comments and, and, and all that. We have a jam-packed show. Jam-packed show. Uh, the name of this episode is Sean Taylor, the great one. And we got to get into Sean Taylor because there were some comments that was made. But prior to that, you know, uh, man, we got some people coming in. The Real said, yo, what's up, The Real? We got Brandon, you know, looking forward to the show. The Real says, yo, 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 man, he's excited, man. He's ready to get it in. What up, Manny? What up? What up? What up, man? We are excited to have you here live on this show. So let's go ahead and kick things off with Colt Brennan, man. Colt Brennan passed away a couple days ago. Uh, man, rest in peace. Uh, he was a sixth-round draft choice for the Washington Redskins at the time and um, had a solid, solid career. He was one of those quarterbacks who put up amazing, crazy numbers at Hawaii. I mean, we're talking about video game-type numbers, man. And, um, you know, he passed away. I didn't too much get into how he passed away, but just wanted to, you know, just give our condolences to the family, just show our love. Because, see, once you're part of the Redskins family slash Washington football family, you are forever part of that family. Wallace Way, you got anything else to add to that? Yeah, no. Um, first of all, good evening to everybody. Uh, Manny, thank you so much for inviting me, bro. I love it. You know, I spread love all the time. Thank you so much. Uh, BC, B, BC to DC, good meeting you too, bro. So let's get it popping. Um, Colt was a, a hell of a gunslinger. I know that's the word we always use now, but he was a bad man in college. Um, and then um, previously they had Timmy Chang. I don't know if you guys remember him, but all I remember was those late night uh, Saturday 1 a.m. coming back from the club type nights, and Hawaii was on slinging the thing. And um, it was, uh, you know, they just June Jones had the offense clicking. Um, and Colt spent some time here. So, um, like you said, uh, RIP, rest in power to the brother. Hope, you know, whatever situation he was going through, um, hope he's at peace now. Really do. BC, you got anything? Well, first off, I want to say thank you for allowing me to be a part of this. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, Cole was pretty much put Oregon on the map. I mean, this guy was this guy was top notch. Like, it's unfortunate it didn't really work out with the Redskins at the time. But, yeah, like the guy, the guy obviously had some talent. Like, you don't set those numbers. Mm -hmm. And then just, like, he had the talent. He definitely had the talent. It's unfortunate that he's no longer with us and rest in peace with him. Yeah. So, man, I just wanted to start off the show that way. But let me go ahead and introduce my guest, man. Don't forget, I have not forgot about introducing you guys. It was just the way that the flow of the show went. You know, with a heavy heart, had to give some love to Cole Brennan. But uh, we got the Wallace Way. He has his own show on YouTube. You guys got to check him out. This guy is a passionate D.C. fan from the Capitals to the Wizards to the Washington football team. Anything D.C. sports you want to know, you want to hit up the Wallace Way. Man, he brings a lot of to uh, top topics on Twitter, and we talk about it. We talk about it all the time. We don't always agree, but we always have, you know, back and forth. So that's what I love. Wallace Way, man, welcome to the show, my brother. Thank you. Thank you, man. Like I said, we, and that's the beauty of sports. I think you don't got to always agree with people. And if you do always agree with them, that's kind of whack personally. <laughs> right. Um, some type of friction and you should have some different flows of how you see things. And, but you should, 
you, you respect the people who are knowledgeable, like you in the situation. And I, like you said, during the draft, I've been in and out doing some things with the business, and you kept me all up to speed with everything. Not even just <laughs> WFT things, like just cats I had no idea about. You know, right. like the Colts sign this cat, the Colts sign that guy. And and so I just want to thank you so much, man. Always a big fan, big fan. Absolutely, man. Shout out to Soul Mender 102, man. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for hopping on the stream, man. We got a great show lined up for you guys. Next up coming to the stage is my guy, BC to DC, a.k.a. Tyler. Passionate, passionate Washington football fan. I mean, we got, I mean, we talk all the time on Twitter, man. And it's finally nice to meet you face to face to talk some football face to face instead of just, you know, tweeting. So welcome to the show, my brother. Thanks, man. And yeah, it's, it's great to finally meet face to face. And yeah, we've had so many good conversations. Just, well, yeah, yeah, we don't always agree about certain things. But yeah, like I definitely remember a lot of good conversations about Washington and just just football in general. And even just like talking about Wizards, Lakers, anything pretty much. Absolutely. Thank you for on the show. Absolutely, man. Shout out to Tone Redskins, WFT fan ho. He says, hello, Manny. Um, how are you, man? I love Sean. I love Clinton. Um, they are the reason why I became Redskins uh, fan. Hey, man, appreciate you coming on the show. And you were sent by Corey Sanchez on the Warpath, man. Appreciate the love. Thank you so much for joining the stream. Hey, if you are new to the channel, please be sure to subscribe, share, comment. Uh, the more that the channel grows, the more that I can do for the Washington fans, man. I, I'm just excited to finally be on YouTube and finally use this uh, – you know, this platform is just awesome to just interact with the fans. So um, update. I got an update, guys. Uh, Charles Leno Jr. has signed with the Washington football team. When I first did the uh, did all these topics and stuff, I didn't know that Charles Leno was going to be signing today. It was just more so like updates, updates on Charles Leno and updates on Bobby McCain. So today he signed a deal. It was a one year deal. Five million for starting caliber tackle. This guy has been a longtime starter, and he was only released because they signed a new, you know, they drafted a new left tackle. So, Wallace Way, what is your thoughts on Charles Leno, and do you believe that he is the starting left tackle this year? Well, you know, um, he's probably the second uh, pop, most popular Leno, but um, he, he's, he, I did some research on him. He's a seventh-round draft pick for the Bears. Um, to last have what seven seasons, so he's a solid, solid left tackle. Um, is he going to start? I don't know for sure. Um, right, that one year, that one year deal. That's sort of like a demo tape to me. They, they, give right, us right, like a flyer. And, and we don't, it's not mean we have a great faith in you, but for one year, five million, we take a flyer on him. I do like the cat from um, we drafted uh, Cosme mm -hmm. uh, from Texas. I, I. I personally, when you look at offensive lines, and we have good depth on our line, mm -hmm. obviously, mm -hmm. great depth. Right. I would actually give the starting job to Leno, but look to put add. I mean, look to add Cosme to the starting later in the season. Like mm -hmm. let's let's invest in the youth and see what they do. But we know what we know what Leno is. Like he is what he is at this point in his career. Mm -hmm. So I, I, you know, I think he should be the starter first progress and then we see where Cosme lands yeah what about you BC well yeah I mean obviously Lucas is pretty chapped about 
seeing the Lano come in and with Cosme coming in. Um, I don't ex exactly think Lano's going to start. I I think it's going to go to Lucas. I think he's going to come in pretty heavy and go with it. Cosme, I think, is probably going to end up back up right tackle. Mm -hmm. But uh, Lano's going to be good. if And worst comes to worst, he teaches Cosme. And Cosme's already been an All-American in 2018 and 2020. Mm -hmm. So he comes in. He he teaches Cosme a bit. Worst comes to worst, we, he's a camp body. Like I'm sure right. he'll make a team, but worst comes to worst, camp body. Right. Now, here's my plan. You guys hear me out. You guys don't have to agree, but this is my plan. So Toyin said, he said, uh, what do you think about our O-line? Everyone in the panel has been improved. No, everyone in the panel has been improved. All right. So he says, uh, call me T-Ho. Is this easy to remember, Manny? All right. Bet, T-Ho. All right. So here is my plan. You guys hear me out. Leno, right, has been starting – for the Bears, and he, you know, he was a seventh round pick that has worked his way up to adorable left tackle. Doesn't get injured, so number one, he's adorable. Number two, he's a leader because when you work your way up from a seventh round pick to be a starting caliber left tackle, now I'm not saying that he's the best left tackle, all I'm saying is that he has starters experience and he can jump in right away and start. Now, to me, I think that Cosme is not ready. I'm not saying that he's not going to be a phenomenal. I think he's the future. And whether it's left tackle, whether it's right tackle, because you never know what happens with Morgan Moses next year. So what if the depth chart looks like this? You have Leno at the left tackle, right? Directly right behind him, you have Cosme, right? At the right tackle, you have Morgan Moses. And because Lucas can swing, right? He did very, very well last year, but he's also a free agent coming up. So Lucas at the right tackle. At the left guard, you have Eric Flowers, who we just signed. You have uh, Sadiq Charles to fill that backup position. And then you can also swing Sadiq Charles, if you needed to, to right guard. At right guard, you have Brandon Sheriff for one more year. You have Wes Schweitzer to back up Brandon Sheriff. Then at the center, you have Rulier, and then you have uh, Ishmael, right? When you look at that, that's a, that's that's <laughs> that's 10 Guys, you're, you're like you're too deep at every position. It's not when you have one guy swinging back and forth, but you have guys like Schwetzer and uh, Lucas who can play both sides. So that's just how I envision the offensive line this year. Number two, Leno didn't come here and sign just because, you know, oh, he wants to play left tackle, but he also wanted an opportunity to where he could start. It's not a guarantee that he starts because it's going to be an open competition. Lucas can, you know, beat him in camp and become the starter either way it goes now you have leno you know who you know steps in and plays uh a left tackle either way it goes and then cosme right tackle based off of how things go in camp so that's just kind of how i envision it what do you think about that uh bc well i mean i think Weitzer probably takes left guard over flowers but i was looking at the depth 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 chart uh pretty mm -hmm. hard last yesterday and uh yeah i mean cosme was a all-american as a right tackle so i think either him or lucas is going to be the swing for sure yeah but yeah i, I I'm, I'm liking what you're saying yeah uh especially with moses like every every year someone gets injured every year so it's always good to have depth depth like always good so i'm fine with that i'm fine with taking i'm fine with taking eight guys eight eight to ten guys 
for the O-line. Absolutely. Um, we have a comment. It says, uh, this is from Solmender102. He says, I think it's an improved uh, for sure. I just want to see Cosme preseason. He does need to sit at least a year and learn behind Leno. Um, it's a good, uh, it's, it's a good means to the end of, the, uh, <laughs> I can't even read right now. So <laughs> you guys kind of get what I'm saying. He's just saying in a nutshell that it's good to go ahead and sit a Cosme behind Leno. Look, left tackle is a tough position to play coming out. It's similar to like tight end or even quarterback. A lot of times you put these guys into harm's way and say, hey, go on in right away and play. Some guys need more coaching, more prep. If you look at Cosme, they say he's very solid, right? He's strong. He's athletic, right? But there's some mechanics that Matsko, the coach, will need to fine-tune. Once those things are fine-tuned and he's and he's solid, he, I'm telling you, this guy's going to be a stud for years to come. And I, I just like the idea of him, of us easing him in. Even if he, be, even if he becomes a starter, like Wallace Way said, midseason, towards the end of the season, it's just the best way to go, you know? I think that what Ron Rivera is trying to do, we have a, a nice mixture of young and old, right? So having competition at every single position is, is key. He said he was going to do it. We thought he was just talking, but he's doing it. He's doing it. Wallace Wade, what do you think of this offensive line? And what's the potential? Because, like, we, we are deep. It's something that we haven't had in a while. If somebody goes down, we're not looking to the streets <laughs> to find, you know, a patchwork line. So talk to me about what you envision out of this line moving forward. Yeah, what I envision out of the line, and like you said, we love the depth of it. Um, I'm not a huge Morgan Moses fan. Um, in fact, he 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 steps off the bus with at least two false starts. So he, he's okay, not not really great. And we're, this line is we're just getting more and more depth, like they say, and. Cosme's going to be good. Uh, this guy, Leno's a solid pickup. Right now, we're just solid. Um, do yeah. I think we're great? No, I don't right. claim right, to be right. great. Um, the left tackle, like you said, is a is a premium position because you're right. most you, you're, you're uh, blocking for the blind side and uh -huh. amazing studs like Chase Young and all these other type of talents around the league. So that Absolutely. position is a premium. And, you know, it helps if that tackle can go one-on-one -on -one and we don't have to chip all the time with either a running back or a tight end so they can get out mm -hmm. of their routes and be a little more explosive. But this is a solid, solid O-line. Please, that's not they're, – they're not great. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the preseason, they don't have to be great. Just be solid. Just right, be solid. Don't be, solid. Don't be terrible. Don't be whack. Morgan <laughs> Moses, right. I'm telling you, Morgan Moses, every – it's at least two false starts. Every time, <laughs> I, I, I don't know why, how he's even still a starter, but hey, enough said, enough said. Hey, I gotta give some love to Morgan Moses, man. He played his best season ever last year. He was durable, he played through injuries. Yes, he made some mistakes, but he was the leader of that line. When you look at it with Sheriff missing some games, I think he was solid, and I think he has one more solid season left before we decide on is he going to be part of the future or is right, he out of right. here all right man but hey shout out to my guy on the warpath this is the sanchez you guys go subscribe to his page i was just on his show like about an hour or two ago had a great time out there man you guys go subscribe to his page appreciate you joining the show um uh tiho said should we sign bobby mccain absolutely 
Yeah. I mean, we need free safety help. And actually, that was like the next topic, Bobby McCain. You know, they said that the meetings went well, uh, but it's just a matter of contract. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, it's about role and contract. So I don't know if it was the role or the contract that, you know, he was able to walk out the door without a deal. I was very excited about signing him. I'm still very excited about signing him. I think that he can solidify that free safety position and give us something that we haven't had in a long time, which is a, a, a true, true, true free safety. When you look at the roster, you have Derek Force. Love his game. He's going to start out as a special teamer uh, with, with a potential to win the job, especially if we don't sign anybody else. Cam Curl, Landon Collins, I don't want to see those two guys be the starting safety. I'm just telling you right now. It's just not something I'm comfortable with, okay? Uh, St. Juice, the third-round pick, I don't want to see him as a starting free safety starting out. So when, you, when you're talking about free safety, yes, you have uh, Everett and you have um, – who's the other guy? Uh, I can't think of the other guy. Everett and Reeves. Everett and Reeves. And they both are solid, but I just need more. I just need more. So I'm going to uh, let Wallace Wade talk. Let me know what you think about this free safety group. Like, talk to me, man. Um, that's easily the weakest link on our uh, defense. That back end is is pretty blah, pretty average. Um, we do need a badass back there, someone who could just blow right. it up and just you know, like we'll get to the Sean Teller thing. That type, and I know that type of talent. That's that doesn't that doesn't. Um, that's a generational type thing. Every twenty years, that type of stuff comes. But you just need some badasses back there. I I, right. I I truly think I don't know if this guy McCain is the answer totally. Um, I'm sure it's it's not a one one man thing. It's a, it's right. a flow that's missing with them. But the defensive backfield is um, that's the weakest link. And the whole yeah. landing the landing Collins thing never really worked out. I was never a huge fan of his even in college. Um, but I'm you know. He is what he is. I mean, we paid him what 60, 70 million. So yep. he gotta be there. And he yeah. just has to be there. So um, you know, with like you said, once we get our, our defensive back end um, situated, the, this is this really gonna take off. But absolutely that's tough, to, that's tough to do. Like that's a tough you you don't find badass defensive uh free safeties and safety. You just they they're not on the street, you know. Right. Like those right. guys are developed and, and, and groomed so we'll see about that I, i'm not sure that but that's definitely our weakest link and if we do get into shootouts this year that's going to be why <laughs> right i mean you definitely need that safety that's rangy that can play single high that's what a free safety is we need you to go side to side you are the last you are the help don't be looking around for help because you are that guy <laughs> so we need that guy that can clean up you know what I'm saying? You need that in basketball. That's your shot blocker. That's your Anthony Davis. That's your that's your last line of defense. And it's something that's important to this defense. You know, yes, the defensive line is going to give you two seconds to throw that ball. But at the same time, it only takes wide receivers two seconds to get open. So, BC, man, talk to me about what can we do at free safety? Do you think that McCain can help the team this year? Oh, McCain would help big time. Uh like you said, if we saw St. Juice back there, even like if we see Apke back there, I'm gonna. Oh look man, I quit. <laughs> I quit. But like even like I like DeShazer Everett. He's not the greatest free safety in the world. Washington did bring in uh, Nelson Lacombo. He's a the second overall in the CFL draft today. Hmm. That kid looks good, man. I watched him a couple times. 
this guy is going to be good. If he signs on, I could honestly see him being second string free safety. Like the guy, nice. the guy got talent, but nice. McCain would be huge. Like McCain is probably like, I, I wanted him more than Leno for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If he can come in, like he's a bit shorter. Like guys only about, I think he's five ten, but mm -hmm. he would be a big ad. And especially because we've seen nothing really spectacular at a free safety. Like if he can come in and even just give us like minimal effort, we should right. be better. Right. Hey, Tiho made a good point. He says we need to extend Leno or cut him because he doesn't know if we have enough cap for next year. Um, you know, he's on a one-year deal, so it's more so like a one-year rental. We're going to use him and leave him. It's just a, a use and dump. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so it's not anything uh, that's going to hurt the cap. Uh, Ron Rivera is great at giving short-term deals, one- or two-year deals. Uh, so, he's, you know, he's on a one-year deal, and um, I see him possibly moving on. I mean, we're going to add more more depth next year to this offensive line. Some of these young guys are going to step up, you know, so that's something that uh, that's needed. BC, he says, sorry, man, the Nets lose again to the Phillies. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Brad yeah. yeah. Hand gave us that. It's terrible. <laughs> so, man, we got uh, – we're going to move on to the next topic. And this is one – you know what? Let's talk about Cornelius first. Cornelius Lucas, before I get to this topic, because this last topic that we're going to talk about is, is it, it could get heated. It could get heated. Uh, so I'm going to save the heated topic for last. But, um, you know, Cornelius Lucas, he got mad about Ian Rappaport's comment, comments on Twitter. So when the football team was trying to interview Leno to add to the group, Cornelius Lucas got mad because the way that Ian Rappaport awarded his tweet, he was saying, well, the football team is now trying to upgrade that left side, that left tackle spot. And Cornelius Lucas is like, bruh, put some respect on my name. And he had the clown emojis. So what he's saying is, so you're saying that I played left tackle. I started eight games of left tackle last year, and you're saying that I was terrible? You know what I'm saying? And he had a great PFF grade, not a great, but, you know, decent PFF grade. He, he played very, very well. So he took offense to that. And, you know, and he was rightfully, you know, because some of these reporters, just because you don't know who the starting left tackle is, doesn't mean the left tackle was bad. Right. You right. go and look at the numbers and see that the left tackle was very solid, which is why a lot of us said we might not even need a uh, uh, Leno. I almost said Jay Leno. <laughs> we might not even need a Charles Leno. You know, hey, so, hey, we don't need Jay Leno neither. Okay. Yeah, we don't need Jay Leno at all, at all. <laughs> so, so yeah, his his comments, you know, he was like, you know, calling him a clown pretty much. And you kind of like that fire. You like that fire because a lot of guys were saying that he's mad that we're bringing in Leno, but it's more so directed towards Ian Rappaport. Anybody have anything else to add to that? Well, um, you know, like I said, Lucas is solid too. He's just. Right, right now, we have a solid group. They're not the greatest. They're not the wackest. Now, Lucas, he could be mad at Rappaport if he wants. That's cool. But right. the team also felt they needed more depth and did bring in Leno. <laughs> so he might need to be uh, readjusting that anger towards the coaching staff who don't, who might not 100% believe in him. Right. <laughs> and, and so many. 
So Mender says that Ian doesn't know what he's talking about half the time. And that's true. Look, that's I'm telling true. you, these guys mess up so much. It's just for the fact that they deliver breaking news that we just think that they're perfect, you know, because they give us what we need, you know. They give us what we need. Well, some of them are tied into a certain uh, team. Some some of them do have inside track on certain teams. Now, the Redskins, uh, who else? Uh, Jason Lockenford. He used to have an inside track with the Redskins back mm-hmm. in the uh, Vinny era and back right. in the day. But now, you know, with, the, with with Ron Rivera and his new regime, there's I don't think not too many – we don't leak information like we used to. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So so that's a big thing now. So Rap might not have an inside track on none of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So he might just be – got the Twitter fingers and, and you know, so we don't know. <laughs> BC, what about you? Got anything else to add? Uh, well, I mean, if he comes in with a chip on his shoulder, good. Like, uh, like, uh, Leno played almost double the snaps that uh, Hello. Lucas played. And realistically, if if Lucas played the full sixteen, probably the same like same amount of sacks allowed. Pretty much, will probably average out like when penalties and everything. So, it's gonna be a battle, and that's what I want to see. Especially like these guys are gonna be going up against Sweat and Young in practice too. So they're exactly better and better. Exactly. And the good thing about having multiple guys who are starting caliber guys is that if one is doing bad, you man go to the bench. You bring in the other guy. You know, it's gonna they're gonna be matchup dependent. Sometimes it's gonna be, you know, maybe some kinds of guys are you know tough for Lucas to handle. And I remember when Lucas first came to the football team, a lot of us fans was like, Who the heck is this guy? Who is he? Oh, he he sucks. They see we quickly run to the Bears fans and see what they're talking about. They're saying, "Oh, he's soft. He's this. He's that. He was coached up and he was nice." Now Leno is cut. The Bears are like, "Oh, he sucks. He sucked for the last two years and this and that." Ronald Darby sucked, right? Yeah. Uh, all these different guys that come from different teams, they all sucked. Eric Flowers, he was trash. Before he Logan came to, 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 to D.C. Logan Thomas, who are these guys? J.D. McKissick, who are these guys, right? But they come in, and sometimes it works. And that's what you call value. You know, if Leno plays so well that he goes and gets a bigger contract after so this year, guess what? Compensation pick, you know, based off of that formula. So it's a win-win-win. Even Logan Thomas, if he leaves next year, compensation pick. You know, you get a guy so low because of value, and then they turn into something. Now you can trade guys. You can, you know, I don't see us trading any any of these value guys, but at the same time, that's just a business. You try to get as much value as you can for less. You know, remember that Eric Flowers left to Miami because of one million. You know, he knew his value. Ron Rivera knew his value. He wanted 10 a year. Ron was talking about eight or nine a year, and he dipped, went to Miami. Guess what? He now comes back. And the last two years of this deal, it's like $7 million a year on average. So who won at the end of the day? Ron Rivera in the front office. So they definitely know what they're doing. And it's just a uh, it's just a beautiful thing to, like, build the team the right way. So we're going to move on to the next topic, man. This is a topic that's not even part of the topics, okay? <laughs> but the schedule has been dropped, Okay. I was on Warpath show. He was telling me, like, it's a potential that we can come out three and one. Okay. We play the Chargers on the 12th of September. And then that Thursday, we face the Giants. So that's a short 
uh, a schedule, but on the flip side, it gives us that rest after that Thursday night. What do you guys think about these first two games? I'm gonna start with you, Wallace Way. Um, I'm looking at it right now. So we got the Chargers, like you said, then a short week with the Giants. Um, the Chargers, I don't really trust them. I I, I feel confident that we will be the favorites in that game. Herbert's okay. Um, I don't really, you know, they're not a super great team. That Giants game is always going to be tough. I mean, let's just be real. Even right. when the Giants are whack, and even when we're whack, it's always a tough game. We can't beat the Giants. We have not beat Daniel Jones. Yeah. What and is it about Daniel Jones that we can't overcome? It's, it's starting not- to get annoying. Yeah. <laughs> it's He's not- whack, too. <laughs> Daniel Jones. Daniel Apple turnover Jones. So, so uh, DC, uh, BC, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at the schedule yet. Out of the games, what is your favorite away game that you're looking forward to watching? I want to see how they do against the Bills. The mm. team. Nice. Mm. I think it's week three they play them, I think. Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. It's going to yep. be like you got, you got the rest, and you're going to be playing against two pretty decent teams. If they can come out and beat them, Especially in the middle of October when it's starting to get a bit colder, it's right. gonna be it's gonna be good. Like it's gonna be a real litmus test right there. Absolutely. My favorite away game that I'm looking forward to, or my favorite game in general, is against the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh man, not sure when we play them. See, a lot of us fans, right? A lot of us uh DC media people, we talk about how great this defense is, right? Rightfully so. The defense is great. Not quite elite yet, but it can be elite with a piece or two. We need another linebacker. We need a, a true free safety, right? What better way to gauge your defense than to play against the best offense that we've seen the last three years, last two, three years, in the Kansas City Chiefs? Who the heck is guarding uh, uh, Tyreek Hill? You know, you have William Jackson the third who boasts, yo, I'm a good corner. I'm going to hit you in the mouth. I'm locked down. I have speed. Is it him? Is it Will Fuller? You know, do you do you do you double team the guy who's guarding Kelsey? We have a tight end in Jamin Davis, who's the tight end eraser, right? Let's see what you got. You know what I'm saying? So, so you have a rebuilt Kansas City offensive line. We have the elite of elite, all first rounders on this defensive line. So, this is a game that I'm looking forward to to see where we stack up. In terms of are we a good, decent, or an elite team based off of how we play? Because there, there, there's a scenario where we go toe-to-toe with Kansas City and possibly lose. You can kind of feel good about that. This is a team that this offense has been unstoppable until last year. The Buccaneers showed us the blueprint on how to take this team out. So what I want to see is can we duplicate some of the things that they were able to do. Like I said, this is a rebuilt line. The line looks good for Kansas City. But at the same time, it's rebuilt. It's like everything has to gel. These guys have to mesh. So what is your thoughts on us facing the Kansas City Chiefs, BC? It's going to be tough. I mean, I still I still get flashbacks from Doxon dropping that pass in the end zone. So, I mean, it would be, a nice, be nice to beat them finally. But, yeah. Todd Bowles did a great job showing everybody what to do. And <laughs> you're t- you said it exactly. 
they need to gel. I don't know what week they're playing in, but if it's mm-hmm. early in the season, they might not be gelled yet, and this defense will eat them alive. And if, <laughs> right. <laughs> and if Mahomes isn't healthy yet, which, I mean, I'm sure he is, but mm-hmm. if he's still hobbling, then that's going to be a pretty difficult situation for him. And this team's not going to win, like, 45-35, but they'll win a 20-10 to 10 game. Absolutely. Hey, and to add, the Kansas City Chiefs do have holes. It's not like they're just the most perfect team. They have a rebuilt offensive line, right? On top of that, outside of Tyreek Hill, who's your number two wide receiver? I know that Mahomes is great, but there's a way that you can scheme the defense to take away the number two guy or even double team Tyreek and say, hey, Miko Hardeman, beat us. Cornell Powell or whoever, because Sammy Watkins is gone. So it's like a lot of holes out there. You know, what if Travis Kelsey goes down? Knocking on wood. I don't want to see injuries on anybody. You know, so it's like they have some really good pieces and they do have a top two quarterback in the NFL. But at the end of the day, I mean, I just want to see what happens. And then defensively, did they get better or worse? You know what I'm saying? They lost some pieces defensively. So it's a lot uh, to take in. You know, right now, the early, you know, thing is like, we're just so good defensively and this and that. So I want to see us against some top, top offenses. I got a question for Wallace Way because you mentioned the uh, you mentioned the Bills, right? Yeah. So my question for you is, somebody said, when is the last time that we beat the Bills? <laughs> 91? I mean, I, I, <laughs> you know? I, know I know it's been a while. Um, Buffalo's a really good team. Uh, Stefan Diggs, uh, great player. Uh, Josh Allen, great player. Um, like you said, as far as our defense goes against these top tier offenses, it's going to be a little bit more than that. It's going to play right. on a field position with the special team side of it. Yep. It's going yep. to be, is, is our offense going to actually give our defense some chance to rest? Because I don't care what type of defense you got. If they got to be out in the field all day, they will wear down. They are 330 pounders. They are getting beat down. They will, they will wear down if the offense doesn't protect them, go on some long drives get some uh, off explosive points. So I, I I hate, I know the defense is very good and Chase is incredible and pain is insane, but let, let's, this is a team. Let's, let's get the team together. Let's get the special team together. Let's make sure the offense is, is giving the defense rest and going on right. long drives and yada, 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 because I don't want the defense to just have so much of a burden on their back. Mm-hmm. That, that's not how you're not going to win long-term with the defense being everything. I mean, we saw what that happened to the Ravens, but right. that's a once in a blue uh, generation type thing. So I just, I just want I, I, the defense is going to step up and be dope, but let the team help them out some too. Absolutely. So um, before we get into our main topic of the night, I just want to say that the Bucks showed us a blueprint on how to do some things against Kansas City, and we played the Bucks this year. This is going to be a revenge game, and this is probably like a top three game. Outside of Kansas City and the Bills, this is a top uh, three game, and then you can toss in Green Bay, depending on where Aaron Rodgers goes. That's just a whole other episode. So, uh, But the Bucks, that's going to be a tough matchup, and that's a matchup that I'm looking forward to. So all these high-powered offenses, I want it. This ain't the year to be scared. If we want to be an elite defense, it starts with shutting these guys down. You know what I'm saying? And if we don't shut these guys down, then shut up. I don't want to hear nothing about four, you know, four first rounders on the line. I don't want to hear about the improvements on, on the at the at the cornerback position, linebacker. I don't want to hear any of that. 
Because if you are a good defense, elite defense, you should be able to hold your own against some elite offenses. At least, you know, they might win a play, you win a play. Don't let it be one-sided, you know what I'm saying, to where you're getting shredded and you're saying, oh, we can't create a pass rush. Oh, it's because of the offense. Nah, don't blame the offense. Defense plays defense, offense plays offense. You know, at the end of the day, I, I know last year Haskins put the team in tough positions to where defense was just struggling because of the short field. Hold them, hold them, you know, hold those guys to field goals. At the end of the day, everybody has a role. You play your role. We have a successful season. But let's go ahead and get into the topic of the night. Dun, 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 dun. All right, so that's my little intro to the, to the big topic. So um, there's a Washington football fan. His name is Greg Habina. I don't know him, but uh, my guy, um, Washington Decla Declassifies, he was on this show. Uh, Ellie Suggs, great, great, great guy. Uh, Washington Football Declassifies, check out his podcast. Um, he brought this to my attention, and he says that, you know, he doesn't talk about stuff like this on this podcast, but guess what? I do. We talk about everything. So Greg Habina's um, comments, he said, Sean Taylor is overrated with Washington football fans. He says the few years were spectacular, but they they were a few years. So he's saying that Sean Taylor is overrated, and because Sean Taylor had a short career, that he's overrated. Hmm. I'm gonna kick this thing off the Wallace way, man. You go ahead and, and just get this thing started, man, because I got a lot to say about this. Yes, sir. I see. Uh, first and foremost, uh, rest in peace, Sean Taylor. Um, that was one of the saddest days. Forget sports. That's just one of the saddest days. Um, I literally remember being at work and hearing about it and then you, you hear about it and you're like this is pre-twitter um so you're like you know he's gonna pull through he's gonna pull through but as the day kept going on the reports was like yo he's not pulling through it's just insanely sad and um he was incredible um now i gotta preface this in a way um you know speak like, your mind man hey this is a free <laughs> liberty show just speak no. your mind just speak no. your mind and let's just take it in the musical term. Like my favorite rapper, Biggie Smalls, right? Like okay. he 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 died very short in his career at 25, two albums, right? Mm -hmm. No one will ever say he was overrated, right? Because his body right. of work was so dope. It was just yep. insane at the two albums. So for this guy Greg to say that uh Sean Teller was overrated, I, I that's that's BS, that's corny. He wasn't overrated. Now, he might be overstated for his length of his career. Take mm -hmm. someone like a Grant Hill in basketball. Okay. Insane player, right? Mm -hmm. But he, he injuries cut his, his career short. Mm -hmm. Now, will anyone say Grant Hill was overrated? No. But he never reached that level of greatness that he could have with the injuries. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, with Sean, his passing, he maybe was not – he definitely was not able to reach his level of greatness that he that he that we all saw coming because the guy mm -hmm. was just insane. He literally right. was just scratching the surface of his greatness. Literally, right. like he, he was just a physical freak and just an incredible player. So to say he's overrated, that's corny. Greg, you're corny for that. Right. To say he was overstated and maybe as WFT fans, we do we do hold him to like a, a insane um 
plateau. That's possible. I, I can mm-hmm. understand that. He 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 was our guy, and he passed away so early before he could really blow up the way that we thought he could, and the, the way the rest of the NFL thought. So, overstated maybe, but definitely not overrated. He was a bad man. He was a bad man. All right, I'm gonna let BC talk, and then I'm gonna kind of break down what Sean Taylor has done, and we're gonna compare him to a guy like Ed Reed. But I'm gonna go ahead and let BC talk for a little bit. Well, I, I under I understand what Greg was trying to say, mm-hmm. but it's one of those comments where you just you don't say that kind of thing. Like it's just one of those I don't I don't want to say unwritten rule, but it, it's an unwritten rule. You just yep. don't talk about that stuff. Like, and yeah, like you put you put it perfectly. The Biggie comparison. There's nothing like. You don't know what he could have been. He could have been one of the best safeties to ever walk the face of the earth. And unfortunately, and like I just thinking about it, in 10, 20 years down the road, there's going to be people that have never seen Sean Taylor play, and they're going to think think the same thing. They're going right. to just say, oh, this guy played a couple seasons, and he died. Like They're right. going to say that. But no, that guy was a freaking legend, and – I don't care if I if I get flack for it, but the guy was probably the best safety Washington's ever Thank had. You. Thank and you. He'll there's no one that's gonna ever replace him. Like Absolutely. I I don't even I didn't even like it when they're like, oh, Colin should get the number. No. Right. Right. Like so so guys, man, let me tell you guys something about Sean Taylor, man. He was one of my favorite players. When Sean Taylor passed away, I cried. I cried like I knew the guy. When Kobe passed away, I cried. These two guys were so these two guys were my heroes growing up, right? To me, I'm not even saying this because I'm a Sean Taylor fan. Sean Taylor could have possibly been the greatest safety of all time had he had had his career not been cut short because of death. When you look at the trajectory, first of all, this guy was 6'2. They say he's 6'2". He looks 6'4", right? He was over 200 pounds, but the guy was lightning fast, lightning quick. He can cover. You talk about free safety. When you, If you go to the dictionary and you look up free safety, you're going to see a picture of Shante. He can cover from sideline to sideline. He was rangy, and he made plays. Just imagine Sean Taylor on the defense we have now. What you guys have to realize is that Sean Taylor didn't have a defensive line like we have now. He didn't have linebackers like we have now. I mean, well, you know, as a defense and as a, a Ron Rivera, uh, Del Rio coach defense. When you look at Sean Taylor, right, for his career, he had two Pro Bowls. That was 2006, 2007. Okay. Um, he played how many seasons? I believe it was four or five. I'm not sure. I'm going to. Uh, you know, check that real quick. He had 299 tackles. Let that sink in. 299 tackles for a free safety. All right. You know, he was in the Washington Redskins ring of fame. I get that. That's just the Redskins thing. I get that. But that's a high honor, okay? He's in the uh, 80 greatest Redskins of all time. Another Redskins record, another Redskins honor. I get it. Okay, he was a PFWA all rookie team 2004. Okay, 
he passed away at age 24. Okay. Mm-hmm. He had 12 interceptions in his career. He had eight forced fumbles. The dude had two quarterback sacks for a free safety. Those guys don't even go after the quarterback. But he had two quarterback sacks. Then he had two touchdowns. That's not counting the playoffs because we all know what he did in that one playoff game, I believe. You know, he ran it in and dove into the end zone. So he came in 2004, played 05, obviously 06. And if – and okay, so he played four seasons. Let that sink in. If he plays four seasons and gets you 290 nine tackles it's crazy and that fourth season you know it was cut short to nine yeah it was cut short to nine games that fourth season his third season he had 111 tackles for a free safety i'm gonna keep saying that find me a free safety that tackles like sean taylor find it with with the with the ferocity like with the ferocity hitter he wasn't no you just gonna tap and be out he was gonna pop you Exactly. And if you look, and if you look that season, that best season, which was his third season, he had three forced fumbles. Look, he made the Pro Bowl in 05 and 06, right? He would have definitely made it in in 07. But we all know how that, you know, we all know what happened. We all know what happened in 2007. I don't even want to talk about it, okay? But when you look at the trajectory You can do the math. You can take these numbers and just multiply them times 10 seasons. I'm not saying he's going to duplicate every single number. Just take the lowest number of each thing that he did. Take the lowest. of So if it's tackles, you see 70 tackles is the lowest that he has ever had, minus that last season. Multiply that times 10 seasons and just just look at those numbers. You know what I'm saying? Quick quick question. So, but you – previously you said you was going to – where do you okay? How about this? How about this? let me ask you this? Where do you rank Sean in his era of free safeties? I'm talking about with Troy, with Eddie Reed. Um, he's Bob better than Sanders. Troy. He's better than Troy, and he's right under Ed Reed. I can. I that's just that's just my opinion. I mean, somebody else could disagree, and that's fine. Right. When you look at what this guy was doing, I think we don't. Ah, it's just so tough just because he didn't play that many seasons. It's so tough. But when you look at the trajectory, he hasn't even hit his prime. No. This is just four years. This is just, let's just call it three and a half years. We call it three and a half years, and I'm telling you, the guy was going to be a pro bowler every single year. He was that good. He was one of those transcendent talents that you don't see guys like this. You know what I'm saying? It's It's – what Sean Taylor did, like what he was even doing, I mean, it was amazing. If that fourth season was not cut short, you might have seen the best season of his life. You know what I'm saying? It was like every year he continued to get better. He continued to get better. And he hasn't even scratched the surface. That's why I think he, he could have been the best safety of all time. Granted, granted, Ed Reed was a bad boy. You know what I'm saying? We, we I have, and and I have, I have I have Ed over him too. And and, and Sean Taylor would probably tell you Ed is just like you know that's that's big bro. You know what I'm saying? He looked up to Ed Reed. They all came from you know from the U. So it, it's kind of hard to put Sean Taylor over Ed Reed, but I think that 
he was on that same trajectory. He was a guy that could average four to five interceptions every single year as a free safety. That's just average. We're not talking about he had a great season of like a, a, a seven pick or eight pick season. We didn't know because it was just cut short. BC, what do you think? Where do you rank Sean Taylor when you when you're talking safeties of that era? Oh man. Oh, I mean, I feel like if he got to play out a full career, definitely over Paul Malu. I don't think anyone's really catching Ed Reed. Yeah, he's just a whole different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's there's nothing really catching him. But yeah, I I'd probably slot him around there. It, it it's hard to say just because like. Yeah, we we unfortunately didn't get to see where he where he'd end up, but yeah, definitely he's in the he's in the top top for sure, top three for sure. It's so top three. I mean, so to the guy that's saying that Sean Taylor was whatever, whatever by Washington, I don't even want to repeat those comments again. Like like you said, it's an unwritten rule. There's just certain things that you do not say because yeah. you sound stupid. You just sound stupid. Um, whether he was trying to make a point. You don't say stuff like that. I mean, we're talking about a legend, one of the greatest to ever do it. Granted, it was cut short, but if you – I don't think people see what I saw in terms of where his career was going. This guy, he had a chance. He had a chance to be the best. Let me there was nothing you. that he couldn't do. Well, yeah. Let me right. ask you fellas this. Now, 2006-2007 – was some of the I mean the Redskins I'm sorry Washington football team pardon me guys um at that time 2006 2007 we had what Joe Gibbs was the uh coach and this was still this was the Snyder this was the Snyder Vinny era right so right. we're talking about a terribly ran organization do you think Sean would have stayed his whole career here uh because you think 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009 are some of the darkest years for one of the darkest franchises. Right. I mean, we, we were terribly ran and just a terrible organization. Could he have, like, was he a candidate to leave, per se? I mean, he was going to be offered the money anywhere because he was that type of talent. I'm going to let BC start. I'm interested, I'm interested to see what BC says, and then I'm going to give my, give my uh, uh, answer. Ah. Uh- yeah, like thinking about it now, like it's hard to think about because it, it it they were a pretty poorly ran organization, and even even till like just Bruce Allen getting kicked out, it it's been pretty rough to sometimes follow them just to be like, yeah, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I don't know, like I think. I think he would have, but it, unfortunately, I just don't know. I, I, I don't know. That's a that's question stumps me, man. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go ahead and get my answer, but Soul Mender took it. I mean, he said if they didn't pay him, he would have been another loss for us, and I agree. Money talks. Money is the number one factor, and I'm pretty sure that Daniel Snyder was willing to make this guy the highest paid player in the NFL if he could. That's just something that Daniel Snyder has never shot away from doing. He he was going to make him the highest paid safety, maybe not the highest paid player. I'm just you know over exaggerating, but I mean we've seen I mean we've seen him throw money at people. So I think Sean Taylor had a bond 
with his Miami brothers that was on the team. And you remember Santana Moss was on the squad, Clinton Portis was on the squad, and I mean, when he passed away, that was just emotional how these Miami brothers would huddle up before the games, McGahees of the world and the Ed Reeds of the world and, you know, all these different guys. And, and he loved the team. They did have a, a tight connection. So it was going to be one of those things where he would have stayed on as long as he could. I didn't see him walking. I saw us throwing the money at him and making him the highest paid safety. I think we could have paid him more money than anybody. There was no way he was leaving D.C. No way. Unless he just says, you know what? Forgetting money, I want to go to a better organization. And then that's, you know, you got to respect it. You got to respect it because we all remember Chan Bailey wanted out. You know, Chan Bailey stayed and stayed and stayed and stayed and said, you know what? This squad ain't going nowhere. I'm out of here, you know? And he left. And that's how we ended up getting Clinton Portis. You know, so when you think about it, I think he would have stayed because of the money, but he did love the city and he did love his teammates. So it's kind of hard to tell after three and a half years, but yeah, I think he would have definitely been here. Um, Let me see. Tiho said money always talk. Yeah. It's always money. It's always money. I mean, when you look at, let's just go ahead and look at some of the free agents that have left DC. Brian Arakbo, he was okay. But it was money. It was money, right? Ryan Kerrigan would have left if it if we didn't pay him. We paid him very, very well, and he played out his contract. You know what I'm saying? And now <laughs> he's looking for money, believe it or not, because if he wasn't looking for money, he would have came back <laughs> for a, for the veterans minimum. You know, I'm pretty sure he wants more than two to three million dollars a year. Okay, so when you look at it, the reason why some great players leave is money. When you look at the NFL, nothing is guaranteed. You can be good one year and you're trash the next. It's not like basketball. Basketball, let's build a super team and let's win championships. In football, you can build a super team like the Eagles did and flop. So, you know, and then you see teams like, let's say the Bengals, right? Uh, There was talks that Joe Burrow was not going to go there, right? Because they're such a terrible franchise. Look, in football, you can turn a franchise around. It might take it might take some time, but you can keep drafting, 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 and that's how you get premier players to come to your organization. You got to draft them. You know, you when you're a terrible franchise and you're a poorly ran franchise, nobody's coming. You can try, you know, you can try all you want. Nobody's coming to a poor franchise unless you overpay. And that is how we got Landon Collins to come to DC. <laughs> that is how we got a box safety to come to DC. I'm not gonna lie, I was excited at the time. I, I was, hey, I'm a thirsty fan. What do you expect? We had no star power, we couldn't get nobody to come. Uh, but that's exactly what happened. Um, T-Ho said, Will Chase Young be the next Sean Taylor minus the position? Um, at the uh, because he can hit and sack the quarterback last season. I think that. Chase Young has a chance to be that next best thing. Honestly, he's the best prospect to me to come out in the last five, six years. I mean, he's just he's that kind of guy. And I'm telling you, if Chase Young was the free agent, he wasn't coming to D.C. <laughs> Why would he come to D.C.? Why? The only way to get talent like Chase Young, the Pittsburgh coach said it, Tomlin. He says, I got to suck 
and have a terrible record to get a guy like you. Yep. Guys like the Trey Youngs and the Panay Souls and anybody who you think is a transcendent talent, anybody who you think is a generational talent, the only way to get those players is by them getting drafted. Do you agree with that statement, BC? Oh, 100% sure. I mean, I... <laughs> Dude, if Burrow if Burrow's had an opportunity to leave, I'm pretty sure he would. Like, I'm still don't understand why they didn't draft Seawell, but that's a different story. But yeah, ah. yeah, no, it's uh, money does talk, and if you're right. gonna throw a boatload of money at somebody just for them, like we saw with Hainsworth, mm-hmm. a bunch of money at him, he did basically nothing, collected nothing. his paycheck, and dipped. Right, right. And I'm not saying that high-priced free agents don't work. They work. But it's it better be the right system. They better have the love of the game because once you get your money and you get a ton of money guaranteed, (laughs) why go all out? I mean, think about it. It's it's the new age NFL. It's not what it used to be. Guys are getting paid. You feel me? So (laughs) when you're getting paid, it's just hard to put that same level of, of, of heart. But you see guys in contract years. What do they do? They ball out. They always ball out. You're going to see Michael Gallup. I know we don't like Dallas. Forget Dallas. Dallas sucks. But you're going to see Michael Gallup ball out this year. He's going to ball out. He might not have the opportunities because of, of Amari Cooper and all the other guys. But you're going to see him ball out. And then you're going to see him walk. He's going to go get paid. It's all about getting paid. In the NFL, too many contracts don't come by. You get a rookie deal, and the next deal is your very best deal. Yeah. Unless that you're a quarterback. Contract, <laughs> that second contract is should set your family up. If you if yep. you that's the goal. And you yep. know, it's funny, it's funny you say, you know, once you get paid, it's tough to be motivated. One of my favorite quotes by uh, another DC PG native, Riddick Bow. Um, he says, Man, it's hard to train in silk pajamas. <laughs> I love oh, that man. Quote, it's tough. It's listen, you get paid, it's tough to get up at the gym at 4 a.m. It's tough. right, right. You know, but uh, you know, hey BC TO said Albert Hainsworth is the worst free agent signing by the Redskins. Do you agree with that statement? If he's not, I don't know who would be. <laughs> hey. go, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna add on to that. I'm gonna say Adam Archuleta was worse. He was pretty bad. Ooh. He was terrible. Jason Taylor at his Hall of Fame speech with Larry just said thanks for the paycheck. And oh like- man. <laughs> hey, we had we had bad signing after bad signing. I mean, I can Deion Sanders was bad. Yep. I mean, Bruce Smith was bad. I mean, we had a lot of bad signings. We go bring Donovan McNabb was like the man. If that wasn't top five, then I don't know what is. The McNabb thing should have worked out. See, honestly, I don't know if the players come here and just be like, get whack all of a sudden, or was the building so bad? And and that's the one thing that, as a a Redskins fan, I'm sorry, WFT fan, um, (laughs) that's the thing that's kind of, we're always in shock. Like, even though last year was cool and we like Ron, I, I, I actually think Ron is a really good guy. Like, he's just forget football and all that other stuff. He's a really good guy. I actually want him as the team president and not the head coach, but that's a whole other thing. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's you know, I, we're always just waiting for that other shoe to drop with these mm-hmm. guys. This whole, this whole thing, aren't we all like, 
as long as Danny Boy's there, we are all waiting for that shoe to drop. And it has dropped so many damn times. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm being extra cautious. And some of the free agent signings were bad. But I don't think they were bad intentions. I just I just think the, the energy of the team was so bad, if that makes sense. Right. Well, hey, the comment section is buzzing right now between Solmender and Tiho. They got some excellent, excellent points. Got some excellent, excellent points. So they're talking about once the rookie deal is up for Terry McLaurin and Chase Young, you got to go ahead and pay these guys. That's a no-brainer. Then – you can't he got Montez Sweat, though. huh? Exactly. You, can't, you, you can't pay everybody. So. You can't pay everybody, but the way that we've handled free agency the last two years tells me everything I need to know. So You're gonna have we, to stagger some of these contracts. Are we gonna keep? You know, we're gonna be paying for everybody and still keep getting whack quarterbacks. I mean, like, well, here's still, the thing. No, here's the thing. You can still go get your quarterback and trade draft picks, right? Because we can't pay everybody. It's kind of like okay, we're. We are starting to hit on every single first-round pick the last three, four years, right? So when you hit on first-round picks, it's expensive. You got to pay them, right? You pay them or you let them walk or you trade them. So in order to get a uh, – let's say we go out and get our quarterback next year. If it's a guy that they believe in, they're willing to trade. If Ron Rivera was willing to trade a first-round pick and more to get a, a Stafford, imagine what he can do for Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, uh, Deshaun Watson, and whoever else that becomes available let alone a rookie that, that he likes. Now, the defensive line is going to be tough to pay everybody. Mm-hmm. But here's how you do it. Jonathan Allen is on a fifth-year option, right? He's coming up, right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you pay him. You pay him because you have to. If you don't pay him, then you trade him. I mean, it's one or the other. It's just you have no choice. You pay him or you let him go. So if you pay him, you can always trade him down the line. If, if not, then you trade him now. It's, it's, it's either or, right? And you have the uh, Deron Payne coming up next year. Guess what? He's His fifth-year option has been picked up, right? Then after that, it's – who is it? Uh, Montez Sweat coming up? You fifth-year option him. You fifth-year option him until it's time to pay him. Because as your fifth-year option in people, you're looking at the rest of your roster, and there's going to be guys you have to let go, right? But you have to keep your very best players and if you look at it we haven't really spent money on offense so who on offense are you really paying brandon sheriff looks like he's gone right that money can go ahead and you can re-sign jonathan allen the key is re-signing these guys at a bargain to where it helps both both sides he's going to be one like allen wants to get paid as a top maybe 10 top seven d tackle i don't think he's top seven i'd rather pay it Pain? That's just me. BC, talk to me because you're nodding your head and shaking your head like, I don't know. Talk to me about this defensive line and what can we do? Who, if you had to pick between the four, who are you going to, who would you want to let go first? Okay. So if, okay, out of the four, let's say we can only keep three. Yeah. Right. Give me my two edges. (laughs) Give me Chase and give me Montez and then give me Pain. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's my three. Jonathan Allen can go now. He's a leader. He does his thing. Trust me, I love Jonathan Allen. But if I had to choose somebody to go, it's him. Well, we got Matt Ionitis. Ionitis yep. yep, 
but then but then his money's coming up even though we paid him a few years ago his money will be coming up you know maybe in a year or two i'm not even sure what his contract looks like right uh and then tim settle was a rookie with pain if i'm not mistaken so his contract is coming up and i believe next year because he wasn't a fifth-year option so i think this is going to be tim settle's fourth year so guess what you got to pay settle so you got a decision to make. Like you can't pay everybody, even the backups. You can't pay them, you know. So, got to get creative. Yeah, got to get creative. We have, we have a really good front office. I, I really, I, this is the first time in a while, a very long time, that I actually feel good about where we stand as an organization. You know what I mean? Like we're solid. We're good. We're not terribly whack anymore. Right, we're a solid organization with the possibility of winning eight to nine games every year if everything lines up. And of course, right. we could win more if you know certain things break. But it, it, if I was looking at the over and under um, in Vegas, and they haven't said eight wins, and I think that's that sounds fair. Eight to nine wins right. sounds fair, you know. Right. I mean, there is a way. Now, this is going to be weird. There is a way to keep all four guys on the defensive line. I know it's a lot of money. Trust me. I, I know. But in the next year's draft, you got to go ahead and start picking up some corners now. You got to pick up some starting caliber corners. You're going to have to cut some guys that are starting that corner right now. I'm not going to mention any names. I don't know what the guarantees, what the guarantee money are. But at the end of the day, you still got to keep your best players, Right. So let's say we keep all four guys on the defensive line. We pay them all premium money, right? That means everything else. So Jamie Davis, where he's locked up for five years pretty much, right? So he's good. Outside of the four top defensive guys, defensive lines, the only other guy you can pay some kind of money to is Terry, right? So those are your top five guys, right? Everything else is patch and go. Like the Logan Thomases and the McKissicks and the, you know, you're not going to pay Antonio Gibson because he's a running back. You don't pay running backs. You draft more running backs, right? Then that means you have to get a quarterback on a rookie deal that hits. That way you use that flexibility to, because this is the championship window now. This is the only way. No, I'm saying this is the only way you can keep these guys together. You got a fifth year, everybody. Right, right. Right. Obviously, get rid of Landon Collins, like somebody just said. Uh, uh, sold so a solid one. So Landon Collins is gone. Sheriff oh, is gone. So when you look at the contract, at all the contracts, who's getting paid? It can be done, but there's going to be times when you're going to have to move on from these yeah, players as other guys. So what I'm saying is the top five players on the Washington football team right now is the top four guys on the defensive line, all four first rounders, and Terry McLaurin. Those are the most important pieces. Like all, like offensive line, you see that it's patchwork, and you see that it's draft picks. When there's a reason. Right. Yeah, there's a reason why we're drafting the way that we're drafting. So when you really think about it, who are we paying? So and if you do, are, it, are we expecting to get a quarterback anytime soon, or what? No, I, I mean absolutely, absolutely. I mean, like I said, you we're, have to we're go. Have to pay them though, right? Like, no, not if, not if they're a rookie. Them. Not if they're a rookie. And that, that's the person who's going to lead us to what? Like where? Yeah, so let's say – okay, let me give you a scenario. Let's say that we get the quarterback, right? And I'm not saying the quarterback has to be great. Here are some of the, here are some of the uh, 
quarterbacks that have been drafted the last few years, right? A Lamar Miller. I mean, sorry, Lamar Jackson. He was taking the last pick in the first round, right? Turned out solid. A Kyler Murray. There are solid. guys that slip in the draft, right? <laughs> so, so all these guys are solid, right? And all of these guys are moving towards stardom. What I'm saying is you have to get a rookie, right? Josh Allen. They're hard to find, right? But you got to try. Right, but you have to be sorry. Like you said, like Tomlin said, you got to be really whack the previous year to get. Now, Kansas Lamar City man. wasn't. Kansas City wasn't. Kansas City mortgaged after. Uh, yeah, like, see, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think that's the bar you can use to get a franchise quarterback is the luck aspect. That's not you have to draft work. one. You ain't going to be able to sign one with what money? You see what I'm saying? So it's like you can try to trade for one, right? But they're expensive. If you look at the last, look at the last five, six Super Bowl winners outside of Tom Brady. Tom Brady is just, he's just different. Okay. But even when Tom Brady was with the Patriots, you see that his contract was low every single year. He took a discount. So what I'm saying is you have to get the bargain at the quarterback position in order to make everything else work. If not, you're going to lose more than just one defensive line. If you're talking about franchise quarterback, Go get your Aaron Rodgers and tell me how many guys were able to, to sign. Go get your Aaron Rodgers. Go get him. Aaron Rodgers wants to be the highest paid quarterback. Rightfully so. He deserves to be because he's that caliber kind of guy. But when you get your Aaron Rodgers, guess what? Not only are you cutting a Landon Collins, you're cutting a Kendall Fuller. You're cutting – you're going to have to make some moves. You know what I'm saying? Because So is it easier to find a Kendall Fuller and a Landon Collins than an Aaron Rodgers? I, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But then you can become a mediocre team. You want the Houston Texans from last year? Go get your Deshaun Watson. Pay him $40 million and, and you just tell me what the rest of your team is going to look like. Because at the end of the day, guess what? Not only did, 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 did we suck to get these defensive players, some of these defensive players fell to us. So as easy as it is to replace some of these guys, you're talking about franchise quarterback, right? Go trade your three first-round picks to get your franchise quarterback and then lose some players because you got to pay that franchise quarterback and then tell me what the rest of the team is going to look like. So as easy as it, as it is to get a Landon Collins or a Kendall Fuller, at the end of the day, why did those guys come to Washington? Because of money, right? So what I'm saying is my argument is if you're going to pay the quarterback top-tier money, then how do you build the rest of your roster? The best way is just – you just got to draft rookies and just hope they hit. I, 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 it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's like draft one every year. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Draft one. Because <laughs> if you're willing to trade three first-round picks to go get a guy or three first-round picks to move up in a draft, why not draft one every year until you get the right one? You know, it's it's just a position that's so tough. It's just so tough to gauge because you don't know who's going to hit. We were so happy to have a Dwayne Haskins when he fell in 15. Oh, we have a guy that might be our franchise quarterback because of what he did in college. And then he sucked. Yeah. Right? And now we we are where we are. BC, what do you think? How, how do we get a franchise quarterback? It's something that's been bothering everybody. You know, what do we do? <laughs> well, I, I look back. I, we don't really need a franchise per se like mm -hmm. our defense is one of those defenses that can hold like defense does win championships we saw like trent dilfer was the quarterback for the ravens back in i think it was like oh one and their defense carried them to the super bowl dilfer sucked right and like <laughs> <sure Fitzpatrick, laughs> 
and I'm sure we'll get an upgrade at some point. I don't think Heineke's the answer either, and I right. don't think Kyle Allen is either. But at some point, we'll find a guy. We don't even hey. need to first round. Like I'm about to give y'all a name, and y'all are not gonna like. Y'all might like it. Y'all might not. <laughs> There's a guy that plays in Minnesota. <laughs> Captain He's Kirby, about yeah. to get cut. You can't cut him on that contract, man. Well, I don't. Well, how many more years does he have left on that contract? Just resigned. He resigned. Kirk didn't resign, did he? Yeah, I thought he just resigned to a three-year something. I sure. Well, he's he's got a great agent. Well, put like this. Put like this. Either way that it goes, there's going to be a quarterback that that you know these teams are drafting, drafting younger guys to replace the older guys. So, just kind of like how Stafford was available. We don't know who becomes available next year, who's a solid, you know, caliber quarterback that can come in and help this team get to the same to that next level. Because going the rookie route, man, I'm tired of drafting rookies that. But if that's the only way, I say draft one every year. My rule is draft a running back every two years because you can't trust those guys. Right. So if you can't get the right quarterback, keep drafting. Keep drafting like you gotta find one eventually. And if you can't get a solid vet, like I, I mean, I feel you. I felt like even last year, we could have won some games with Heineke had he been the guy that went through camp and and, and saw, because he gave us enough. You know, uh Dwayne Haskins didn't give us enough. Alex Smith at times, you know, God bless his heart with the injury. At times, like the Pittsburgh game, he showed me the most he's ever shown me since he's been in DC. But that's a whole nother uh, episode. So, <laughs> so when you're looking at the quarterback position, I don't even know how we got into quarterbacks. But when you're looking at the quarterback position, it's just so tough. And sometimes you get lucky and get that vet that you can win with. So it doesn't have to be a, a franchise quarterback, but it has to be an above average or average to slightly better than average. Because, you know, I'm sorry. I'm not rocking with no Case Keenums of the world. Those are not the guys that I'm looking for. You know, after a while, the Case Keenums can't get you, but so far. So it's definitely going to be tough. Like everybody said, oh, Stafford this, Stafford that. But when you look at Kirk and Stafford, tell me what's the difference. Well, I would well, well, I would say Stafford has immensely more talent. Just just physically, arm strength. Yeah. He he just he's a more talented player. Now okay. Kirk. Kirk maximizes the little bit of talent that he had. Not the little bit, but he's an average quarterback, but he maximizes it because he, he he he's a gamer, he's smart, mm-hmm. and he, he plays tough mm-hmm. to an extent. But Stafford is an immensely more talented quarterback. I mean, just in his so, right arm, he has more talent than Kirk. Solmender made a great point. Solmender said, man, people are too tough on Kirk. And they are. I think had we paid Kirk, we will not be in a situation that we are now. Just imagine a Kirk with what we're doing now. I think he would have been fine. Yeah, kind of like if we get Kirk, though, we're not going. We're going like eight and eight, nine and seven. So we're not getting Chase Young. We're not. But getting but but yeah, I see what you're saying. But okay, well, I'm, I'm saying like if you add a guy like Kirk, let's just not say Kirk, a guy like Kirk who's just mm-hmm. solid. Kirk, Kirk is a top twelve quarterback in the NFL. It just is what it is. Maybe that the the NFL doesn't have a lot of elite type quarterbacks. This is not the days of the Peyton Manning's and the Drew. Those guys are gone. Okay, so you're gonna see when you draft a first round quarterback, and that quarterback does not last as a starter. We're seeing it. Jared Goff gone. Uh, Carson Wentz gone. You're seeing it. 
This is the new NFL. Unless you get somebody elite like a Patrick Mahomes, which doesn't grow on trees, Josh Allen is on his way to that elite. You know, we got to see more than just one season. But it's like when you look around the league, he's trying. He's trying. I mean, I can't knock him. I can't say nothing about Baker. We don't have a quarterback, so I can't. I can't make fun. Of, I can't make fun of Baker. I can't say that he's terrible. He he has a chance to be a good quarterback if he keeps working on his game. But when you look at it, it's the Bakers of the world that you're seeing now. It's you're drafting a quarterback, and maybe in two three years you're drafting another one. It's just hard to just get that franchise guy, and you know, it just is what it is. It just is what it is. Somebody just said uh Kurt deal is three year 96 million. He signed a two year contract extension for 66 million. Yo, his agent, give his agent like a hand because his agent is really maximized such an average quarterback. But right. Good for him. Good for him. Does good for him. That, hey. Does he still have that conversion van? Remember that was the big <laughs> thing? He he still had the van his grandfather gave him. I don't know. Somebody said Kirk went 10 and 6 his first year. I think the problems that Kirk had last year, even since no, he's been Bryce, in the Vikings. No, 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 Tone, you're you're wrong. Bryce Harper's MVP has more talent. See, the thing is, people, Kirk is a nice guy and he's a good quarterback. He's a solid quarterback. He ain't whack. Bryce Harper is a talent, a Hall of Fame talent who has an MVP already. And right. Don't let me get that comparison. Right. But I look at what Kirk did last year, right? They were, you know, they were pretty bad last year as a team defensively. They couldn't guard anybody. So a lot of these stats that people throw at, you know, throw, you know, he had 35 touchdowns last year. Best, one of the best statistic years of his life. But at the same time, it didn't produce wins, right? But Kirk Cousins is not a quarterback that you say, hey, go win us games. No, he's a guy, he's a guy that's solid. He can get you nice throws. He can get you points. But you just need a lot around him. But if you look at the league, there's a lot of Kirk Cousins out there in the league. <laughs> and some of these Kirk Cousins guys are winning. So what I'm saying is what BC said, I'm right there with you, BC, that we don't need a franchise quarterback per se, but you got to have a quarterback that's slightly above average. Yeah. Got to. Yeah. You, you got to have one that you can lean on. You know, everybody's saying, why didn't we trade up for Justin Fields? What if he sucks? But that's why you keep drafting him. You got to keep drafting him until you get the right guy. You know, every year there's four to five quarterbacks that come out. Some are elite level. Some are not. Some are starter level. See, there's different. There's levels to this. <laughs> there's <laughs> levels to this. And, and it's just, like I said, man, it's just hard to gauge. Um, we don't know who's going to become available next year. That's all I'm saying. That's that's all I'm that's all I'm saying. Anybody else got anything else to add to this? Because we can be on this topic all night. Anybody got anything else to add about this franchise uh, quarterback or what we do at quarterback moving forward? Because obviously Fitzpatrick is not the answer. Well, what you, do you? Um, I don't know, man. Fitz could have a good year. I don't know. Fitz could have a good year this year. Fitz is a quarterback. You know why I like Fitz? This is why I like Fitz. Fitz gives you a chance. When you're down by a million right. points, he's going to sling that thing. Whether it's interceptions or touchdowns, he's going to sling that thing. He's going to put you in a position to either win or to lose. And sometimes you need that. You know, yep. we've had a lot of the safer guys like 
Alex Smith, you know, guys that just move the chains. And when you get down, like I, I remember I was in D.C. a few years ago when we played the Atlanta uh, Falcons and we got down by a lot. And I'm watching Alex Smith. He was checking down to Chris Thompson and he was checking down to Mo Harris. Mo Harris led us in, I think, receptions and yards. That's a bad, bad thing. That's a bad thing. When your number three or your number four wide receiver leaves you in, you know, stats. So what I'm saying is offense is going to look good this year. Fitzpatrick just gives you a chance. I don't know if it's going to produce wins or not. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping that we're not putting the ball in his hands and saying, hey, win his games. It's not what you want. It's not what you want. So, um, yeah, man, I'm going to just leave it at that. man. I'm going to just leave it at that, man. Uh, it's been a great show. Man, the comments are buzzing, man. These guys want me to keep on going, man. We've gone for an hour, 20 minutes, man. We got to go ahead and wrap this thing up, man. <laughs> man, this is one of the best shows I've done. Just the fan participation, just to get together as fans and just talk football. That's the beauty of doing these live shows. Um, so, man, Wallace Way, man, where can the people find you on social media? Yeah, man, just like I said, go to my tagline, at Wallace Way. Um, we just put up a new episode last week. I uh, interviewed Deep Into History podcast. This is a, a really dope podcast, um, really in-depth and intellectually curious stuff. Really cool. So please take a look. And I'm on um, YouTube uh, at The Wallace Way. So, you know, subscribe and spread love. And I hope you enjoy it. Absolutely. BC, where can the people find you, man? Uh, pretty much just on Twitter at the tagline BC to DC. Come listen to me get mad at the Red <laughs> <laughs> Capitals, Nationals, Wizards. Doesn't matter. I'll be mad at somebody. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it, man. And get, hey, guys, once again, this is the Back Row Redskins Show. I am your host, Manny. For those that are listening on uh, Spotify or Apple or any of the podcast forms, please subscribe. Uh, please, uh, you know, a review, rate. All those things help me out uh, greatly. For those of you guys watching on YouTube, please like, subscribe, please share. Uh, keep spreading love. Uh, hail to the Washington football team. The schedule release is here. The next episode, we will be talking schedule release. So get ready for that. And uh, I'll be having my predictions and some uh, good stuff coming. So, man, this is the show. This is the crew. This is the podcast. Once again, this is the Back Row Redskins Show. And we are out. Peace. Peace.